Turn in your pew Bible to page 1,558. Our scripture lesson this morning is out of Mark, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, the disciples took Jesus along just as he was in the boat, and there were other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped, and Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, or peace, be still. The wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of God for the people of God. I just, I need to laugh, and (laughs) there's a lot of people that are watching, I'm sure. I'm more of a pastor than a singer, (laughs) you know, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) but all I know, (laughs) out of the three people I get in, we get an amen there, right? That's awesome. Well, for those of you who are joining us, maybe for the first time, or or maybe it's been a, a week or so, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at this little bistro table, um, and, and we're, we're doing a series on coffee with God. So that's why we have the coffee cups up here. And, and really, the, the story behind all of this is um, when I graduated from seminary, <clears throat> um, I had all this understanding and all this knowledge, um, book knowledge, about um, God and my relationship with God. And um, so we, we, my wife and I, had, we had gotten to this point in life where we had a lot of questions. And, you know, you, at the time I graduate from seminary and I'm thinking, man, I must have the answers. And <laughs> I, I didn't. Um, go figure. And um, so, you know, I took my Bible one morning and, and I, you know, I'm sitting down to do my devotions and I'm just like, Lord, talk to me. I need some answers. I've got some questions here um, that you know that I have, but I have some questions. And um, needless to say, I sat there and I read my Bible and things were pretty quiet. And so we 
did it again the next morning and things were quiet and so i was kind of getting to the point of of a little bit of frustration and um so i went to get a cup of coffee one morning and i just this thought went through my mind which i say now was god's voice speaking to me but this thought goes through my mind pour two cups <laughs> okay so i did i poured two cups and i went over and i grabbed my bible and i sat down at my desk with two cups of coffee and I, I began to realize, um, because it happened again the next morning and the next morning, that um, God in his love and his graciousness was meeting me where I was, and that I could have a conversation with him over a cup of coffee. And so that's kind of where this series came from, that um, this is about our relationship with the Lord, and that he'll meet us where we are. And whether it's a cup of coffee or an ice cream cone or a walk through the park or whatever it is, it's God will meet us where we are to answer our questions and our concerns. Now, I'm sure that throughout America that and the world that the, um, the biggest topic that pastors are talking about today are going, is going to be peace that, or um, comfort. Um, and at points, this is no different. Um, the title of our service and sermon today is, is Peace in the Chaos. Um, but I'm going to come at it from a little bit of a different angle. Um, at points, big surprise. But this is one of my conversations that I had with the Lord. Um, this, this came out of um, Julie and I's deep and desperate desire to have children <clears throat> and um this is after our first miscarriage um after trying to have children for eight and a half or eight years or so at this time and the chaos that i allowed to creep into my life during that time even in the middle of um being in seminary, um, all of those things, um, I had let my guard down and um, was in turmoil over this. And so this is one of my questions to the Lord as I sat there with um, my cup of coffee and, and God sat there with his um, to talk to him and to ask him about how, how do I get this peace that I need. Um, it was also at this time that, that we were running a soup kitchen in North Carolina. And so every day you had to be available for those around you. And though my heart was hurting and not restful, I continued to work to serve those around me. And it just got to the point to where understanding that I needed some grip and foundation in my life <clears throat> to take care of my relationship with God, to take care of, of Julie, and, and to be um, a foundation for my other half, um, and then to continue to be used um, for those around me. <clears throat> so even now, with, with all that's taking place, um, <clears throat> all of our lives are impacted. Um, we have uh, kids that are being homeschooled. 
for the first time, and we have parents that are attempting to do that. Um, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of great funny things out on, <laughs> on Facebook um, about this shift and this change. Um, but on the ser- other serious, more serious side of things, we have adults that are, that are being laid off and, and they can't make ends meet. <coughs> um, we have people that are fearful and, and sad, people that are dealing with loss and worry and anxious. And um, in that world, the, the question of, of what if is permeating our lives. Um, what if I can't find toilet paper? Um, you know, what if I can't find water? What if um, people stop working? What if um, the truckers we had mentioned earlier, what if, what if the trucks stop running? What if, um, what if the hospital workers get infected? What if the hospitals are overrun with patients? What am I going to do? What if? In all of that and, and, and meditating on that and, and talking to the Lord about it, the question came to me, Church, what if we lived in the peace that God gave us? So going from the what if platform of fear to the what if platform of faith, what if we lived in the peace that God gave us? This was one of the scriptures that the Lord gave me in my talk with him about the the need of peace in my life, and it comes out of, of John, John chapter 14, verses 25 27. All this I have spoken, Jesus talking to his disciples, all this I have spoken while I was still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. And I'm going to stop right there. This one part of what Jesus is talking about, about the Holy Spirit coming. The other series that we're doing here at church um, called Knowing What You Have, we took, I think, three weeks just talking about the Holy Spirit and understanding that the Holy Spirit does live in us. It's a deposit that God has given us, and the Holy Spirit lives within us. So this one thing that Jesus says here, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. That church is where we can engage our faith you see we we're in these situations um whether we're in fear or not but someone around us is and when they start talking in fear and they start talking about the what ifs and they start asking those questions you can feel that because what's happening is a transference of their spiritual angst is coming to you and is knocking on your door asking if it could be a part of your life. When you feel that come from someone and their fear or their worry or their concern, first of all, none of those are of the Lord. So then that lets you know what type of attack and or temptation that you're facing. But see, the Holy Spirit that lives in you will teach you all things. And he will remind you of the things that you've been told or that you've been taught. So he is such a resource in this time of faith versus fear. 
He is such a resource. But Jesus is talking to his disciples, and therefore he's talking to us. Am I right? So he's talking to us too. And he says that the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, now we look at this and go, the Holy Spirit that lives within me will teach me all things and will remind me of all the things that Jesus has taught. Jesus goes on. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So this peace, understanding that, and we'll get this a little bit in a little bit, but understanding that that peace is also a fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit lives within us. Are we starting to connect the dots here? So it's all a part of who we are, but Jesus is depositing his peace with us. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. So as I sat at my desk that morning talking to the Lord about peace and needing that in my life, this verse the Lord was showing me and reminding me that his peace has been deposited in me. So it was one of those times for me to go, okay, First of all, light bulb. All right, so his peace is in me. <laughs> so now what? And it, it points, it felt like it was so buried under all of my care and all of my worry and my concern and my distress because I allowed my mind to entertain the what if. What if we never have children? What if? I'm never going to be a dad. What if I never hear one of my children say I love you? What if, what if, what if? And so I spoke those things and owned those things. And I let it bury the gift that I had been given. So how do we find it? How do we uncover it? This catapulted me into which opposites, okay? Now, God in that physical and spiritual began to just share with me that there is a definitive opposite between him and Satan. We know that, though, right? Good versus evil. We understand that. But then God began to walk through things with me, or just through the scriptures and, and understanding who God is, and who the enemy is. And that's where I began to map out the characteristics. Um, And I've talked about this before, but the characteristics of God on one side and who he is and the character on one piece side of the paper and who the enemy is on the other side of the paper. And so I began to really see the spiritual opposites of life and that all of my distress and my worry and my fear was the exact opposite of God's peace. One, the distress and the worry are things that I accepted. I held on to. The peace was something that was given to me. So God then led me to Philippians 4, 7. And... It is the the peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So I began to understand through that verse that the peace of God will guard. Will guard against what? Well, the things that I was just talking about. So in our situations today, and the individuals that we come across, and as they voice their fears and their concerns and their worries, it's almost like, well, it's like the enemy is inviting me to be a part of that. I can accept the invitation or not. Now, in the past, I was all for it. (laughs) I'll accept it all day long because I was comfortable there. I was comfortable there. And I allowed worry to be my glasses. I, I allowed me to see life through my distress and my chaos. Accepting, at points, accepting the fact that, well, you know what, we just, we may never have kids, so what is life going to look like now with me having children? Because the old plan will not be. So I accepted that invitation to stop believing, to um, stop having faith, and just settle and live in that identity that the enemy proposed for me to have. And part of that identity was living in the fear and the chaos and not living in the peace that had been given to me. But this verse let me know that that which God has deposited into my life is a guard against all of those other things. So that let me understand that I'm not supposed to be in, or I'm supposed to have the identity of of worry and fear and distress and chaos, but to live in the fact that I have peace residing within me. So there was a repentance over my cup of coffee to repent of my worry, of my lack of faith, of my willingness to live in chaos and fear and it freed me to unveil uncover the peace that I had buried so it it's it's interesting to see and we had a wonderful conversation earlier in this week about this about the, about repentance and repentance is freeing Repentance is not about thinking that God is highlighting your wrongs. It's not about him beating you up over what is wrong in your life. Repentance is about a loving father coming to you who sacrificed his son on a cross so that you can be everything that he designed you to be. So that you can be freed from a life of, for my example, worry and fear and loss in that particular situation and believing in a state of peace and rest that I'll get into in a minute, but from peace to hear God clearly that he is going to bless us abundantly. 
So after I walked through all of that and, and confessed before the Lord those things that I had owned and those invitations that I had accepted because I wanted to be a part of the party, God brought freedom and promises to our life and that he was going to bless us and bless us abundantly. So I had to follow God through the retraining process to live out of a heart of peace and to know that that peace has been deposited into my life and that instead of walking the well-worn path to chaos and fear and worry, because let me tell you, church, it was a well-worn path. <laughs> I, I was thinking about paving it just to make it easier on myself to get from point A to point B. But I really, you know, times we live there and we're like, you know what, I'm so used to going to here. It's, it's, it's a well-worn path. So that when God brings something new, for me, it was peace. And to live from a heart of peace, then you know what? I need to not go down the well-worn path because God's blazing a new trail for my life. And so I start walking down that path. And so Julie and I are just like, okay, God is going to bless us abundantly. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know what it's going to look like. But he's going to do that. And it was almost like, Ian, I'm not going to tell you everything, but will you trust me in this one promise? And the answer was yes. And so then now we're at that point of where, and most of you know us, that we have seven children of our own that God has blessed us with. And yeah, you want to talk about an abundant life? Absolutely. You want to talk about, you know, the blessings and, and all that we have and that there is constant activity around our, yes. You know, and wherever our family goes, there's a lot of life. And, and we're just reminded of that. Even we go to a restaurant, we walk in, and it's like, yeah, we need a table for nine. Well, we don't have a ta table, sir. You know, how big is your party? Well, it's nine. Well, how many people? Well, it's nine. It's great. But that's the promise being lived out in front of the world that God wants to show himself to. So the repentance of what I had wrongly grabbed a hold of has freed my hands to live openly in the promises that God wanted to give me and is giving us. And in that is peace. And now I can understand when the attacks come my direction. That, so it's just, uh, it's like us, no matter what situation we're in, whether we're dealing with the virus or not, if you're dealing with a situation at work, if you're dealing with a situation at home, and there is a temptation to be fearful or to accept that invitation to be in the chaos, then speak to it. Our words have power, do they not? So Jesus spoke to the chaos, and peace reigned supreme. <clears throat> One of the things also that I mentioned was uh, rest. Rest. Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So we have Jesus giving peace and Jesus giving rest. Because before Adam and Eve tended the garden, before they did anything, 
they spent a full day with their creator. That is the first thing that God wanted to teach his masterpiece. You see, he created this magnificent world and everything in it. And on the sixth day, he created his masterpiece, you and I, to have relationship with him. And the first thing that he wanted to do with his masterpiece was to spend it at rest with them. That's the one thing that he wanted to teach them. Before they did any work in tending the garden, before they did anything for him, he wanted them to learn to be with him. That's what he wanted. And so we look at life today, and people are working from home. Kids are not in school. Sports has stopped. All of these things have stopped, and people are in their homes. And a lot of them, at points, us, <laughs> I'm as guilty, you get stir-crazy. You get cabin fever. We need to get out. We need to be moving. And God's like, would you please, would you please rest with me? Would you please rest with me? You see, all over the world, we're watching the church step into a role that at points, I believe, has been abdicated. We're watching this happen. That means that there are things that are coming that we're going to be doing, even more so than what we are for the kingdom. And so I look at this at points the same way as Genesis, and to say, okay, there is a time that God is giving us to rest with him before we go do for him. And church, we really need to capitalize on that because out of the rest, comes our ability and understanding to use peace and all the other fruits of the Spirit. Last year, we taught a, a Bible study on fruits of the Spirit, but again, yet a different twist, was how to use those as weapons in this war, in this spiritual war in which we live. And, and that's also, too, what we see in Mark 4, where Jesus was combating the winds and the waves. What was he really doing? The Prince of Peace was coming against the Prince of the Power of the Air. That's the battle. That's what was taking place in Mark chapter 4. So in the battles that we live are living in today with our, our fear and our chaos and our worry, we need to be armed, and we're armed with peace because opposites, and one trumps the other, and we know that God is the winner. So it's understanding from a heart of rest, how do we engage the peace that he has given us to defeat the enemy who was trying to take ground? And that's what's happening. So it's out of a heart of rest and being with God, learning how to be, that settles us, that anchors us, that allows us to be concreted into the foundation of the chief cornerstone. And when we're established there, then we draw our weapons of love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. But it's being concreted through rest. So in this time, I encourage you to rest. To rest. And for every one of us, it's different. The rest that I need is, may not be the rest that you need. Because I can tell you, since all of this has taken place, my life has gotten beyond busy. Beyond busy. There are more meetings, there are people to serve, there is things to be done. It just, it is launched off into crazy world. But I am at rest. But I'm at rest. So my rest is different than somebody else's. So this is your opportunity to get up in the morning, make a cup of coffee, and sit down with him. Let him speak to you. Let him share with you what you need to become what he needs in the coming season for people to see him through you. That's what we're working on here. That's what we're working on here. So in my conversation with the Lord, I had to walk through this and learn his definition of rest because mine was Sunday afternoon watching football, kicking back and sleeping. That was my definition. <laughs> that was not his definition for me. So that needed to be reprogrammed. And then once that happened and still is happening, then I learned about his peace and what he's given me. And it allowed me to hear him clearly. It allowed me to engage my faith in his promises. It protected me. It guarded me. And truly, he has been put on display. That's what he wants, church. He wants to show himself strong through us. And for many of us, myself included, that means a change. That means a shift. And it's okay. Because the one who made you, the one who breathed into your lungs, is the one who will change you. And he is the great physician, and he will do surgery on your heart with great precision. But part of it starts with our surrender. It starts with our repentance. It starts with our confessions. And let him do his work. Church, there is peace in the chaos. I know that because if you know him as your Savior and accepted him as your Savior and Lord, he has deposited his Holy Spirit into your life and he has given you his peace. So let him uncover it, if it's covered. Let him do his good and perfect work. And you will not regret it. Next week, we're going to shift. That's the plan anyway. We're going to shift and go back to um, knowing what you have, that series and knowing what you have. Um, I think it's time that we 
further learn and understand that we are adopted into a family. What do I have? I have adoption papers. That's what I have. And we're going to talk about that. A lot of us don't understand because adoptions never really touched our lives here in the physical world. But we're going to talk about what does it mean to be adopted? What does that look like? How does that help me further relate to who God is? But you have adoption papers, church. You have adoption papers. You've been adopted. That's what you have. And with those adoption papers comes rights and a whole bunch of other things. So we're going to talk about that. So that's the plan for next week, but we'll see what God's got happening throughout the week, so it may shift a little bit. But let's go ahead and pray, and we'll sing one song, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, Lord God, we are so thankful for your love for us. Father, your goodness and your mercy and your grace pours out from your throne room, Father, like a flood and a waterfall from the foot of your throne, and it pours down upon us. God, I pray that we take in all that you have for us. Father, I pray that you would share with us and show us things in our lives that we need to repent of. Things that we need to surrender, things that we turn over to you. God, the things, uh, things that we need to confess. And Father, that we would, with open arms, accept your grace and your mercy. Father, that we would um, prepare our hearts for teaching, for training. Father, as you prepare us to flow through us into the lives of those around us. God, we love you. We worship you. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done. God, the things that you are doing. And God, I pray, I pray that our eyes are opened to see life from the side of faith and not fear. Father, keep us balanced. Father, keep us in awe over who you are and allow us to see the miraculous. In Jesus' name, amen.